Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. You've tuned in to I Work For Him, the mouthpiece for the faith and work movement. We're your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Thanks for joining us today, everybody. I just want to remind you about the Awaken Podcast Network. That's a place where you can go and find podcasts speaking into all different aspects of your work from a biblical perspective. So Awaken Podcast Network can be found at awakenpodcastnetwork.com. You know, every one of us listening today has had certain moments in our lives that have etched into our memories, moments where life came to an intersection and we took a turn and never went back. For James Barnett, it was a lifetime of moments like these that inspired him to write his book, Blue Skies. Through a lifetime of adventures, James Barnett learned how to live in extraordinary expectation of what's around the corner and recognizing the impact that the last corner made on his life. James Barnett is the president of Dayspring, a division of Hallmark, where he started 41 years ago as a marketing intern. He and his wife, Marilyn, live in Arkansas, where they have three grown children and at least five grandchildren. James Barnett is here to talk faith, work, and blue skies right here on I Work Room as we're on location at Dayspring, online at dayspring.com. James Barnett, welcome to I Work For Him. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. I'm excited about time to share today. Well, I'm just excited about your book. It was so fun to read the stories in your book and to experience your life in your book. And I don't get a chance to, to do that because a lot of times people write a book about a topic. Mm-hmm. You wrote a book about your life. James, your job and your job title comes with some notoriety. <laughs> How do you keep your heart Jesus-focused and your priorities in proper order with God, family, and then work? Well, first of all, if you have a family, you find out that you're not in charge all the time. You know, you've got a lot of help uh, around, but, you know, really balancing, you know, what God is up to all the time. You know, I've lived long enough that when you have enough failure in life, that gives you new perspective. Uh, and it gives you like, hey, I don't have all the answers. And, and so as I think about my family and I think about my work, I just really work about, about you know, it's not about me. It's about what has God up to. And I work at practicing, you know, every day getting the right perspective. So you didn't always have those things in the right order, did you? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> so, and that's what your book is really all about. Mm-hmm. So what, what did you grow up understanding? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I grew up in a Christian home and wonderful parents, but I'm youngest of seven. So, you know, I, my siblings will tell, tell me that they raised me, my sisters especially. I had two sisters and four brothers. And, and we were, you know, just a typical family. We didn't have a lot. My dad was a, a pastor of small churches and a school teacher. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. And not only did we have the seven of us, but we seemed to have two or three other people living with us all the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, they, they just continued to... to pour into us and to give us perspective about life. And, and you know, we were just poor folks from Arkansas that, that really tried to keep that perspective. So as I really began to grow and, and understand in that Christian home, made a profession of faith when I was eight years old and not, didn't have this exciting story, you could say, of, of, of you know, what I would say, uh, making choices that maybe were harmful, those kind of things. I was just a kid that loved the Lord and, and wanted to do good things. So let's, let's start digging into your lifetime. And I, and I expect that over, over this podcast and the next, that we'll capture a lot of this. But I want to start with your work life as it started off really early. 
Uncle Irvie. How did Uncle Irvie teach you the value of hard work and generosity? Oh, so much. You know, my Uncle Irvie had a dairyette, and so he had only one, one daughter. And so us boys, we needed to work all the time. We needed to make a little money, and we, we always were hungry, it seemed like. And, and you know, as a kid, he had a, not only had donuts, but he, in the morning he had donuts, but then he had, you know, hamburgers and, and Cokes and ice cream and, and things that we really liked. So we would sort of get up there and, and look around and, and, and talk to Uncle Irvie, and he would always find work for us to do so that we, we could uh, maybe experience some of those hamburgers and french fries. <laughs> And, you know, he never, we never went in, for some reason, I think we were taught this from our parents, but we never went in and asked for anything. We just went in and said, how can we help? What can we do? And Uncle Irvie would always find work for us. And, you know, he didn't have a lot either. And so he was working hard, but he would always find work for us. And we would come back in from cleaning the parking lot or, you know, helping, helping others outside, doing some things. Uh, we would, he would always seem to have a hamburger and a French fries and, and a milkshake there ready for us. Mm. And just wouldn't even say anything. It would just be sitting there, and you knew it was for you. So he was always generous with us and always caring. Even though that he didn't have a lot, we didn't have a lot, he was always looking for ways to bless others. And I saw him do it time and time again with people throughout his entire life. And how good were his donuts? Oh, they, were, they melted in your mouth. You know, uh, Krispy Kreme doesn't have anything on Uncle Irvie. He had an mach- old machine that those things, every morning he was up there at 4.30 in the morning. By 6 o'clock, there were fresh donuts, glazed donuts, cherry-covered donuts, chocolate. There were just unbelievable flavors that he would put on those. Getting kind of hungry, right? (laughs) You're speaking Jim's love language right there. And I run into people. Carrying that that, that business, I mean, where's the Dariette today? Oh, it's still there. The Dariette is still there. They just celebrated their 65th anniversary. Does it stay in the family? It's not in the family. It hasn't been in the family for about 20 years. But the folks still use the name Barnett's Dariette. And they don't have the donuts anymore. Oh. Running that machine uh, was, uh, I guess, a difficult thing. Irvy could fix anything, so if mm. anything broke down. But uh, they still have hamburgers, french fries, and milkshakes that are terrific. You know, you were talking about your uncle and how he modeled a lot of things for you. And, mm. you know, what an amazing way to learn things when they're being modeled. And you then referenced back to your parents a little bit. So let's talk about them because they were really a lot of the inspiration in your life. Tell us about them. Well, you know, they were, they were raised, my dad said we were raised backward, bashful, and poor. I remember him making that <laughs> phrase. And he and mom uh, grew up north of Salem Springs, Arkansas, about four miles out in the country. And, and they were farmers and, and had orchards and things like that. But, you know, as I was, since I came along, my parents were in their late 30s when I was born. And, and they really just instilled in us just the love of Jesus all the time. They worked hard. Uh, you know, they, again, didn't have a lot, so we were always, you know, busy, and Dad was teaching school. We had a garden, a big garden, and my mom canned everything that we could make it through the winter on, and so they were always just providing that love and care for us, and so we just knew that as a normal thing. There was never uh, um, something that we didn't think we could do. Our parents believed in us. They, they would, Mom would always just be as proud of us as any other kid and would always tell us we could do anything and just to stay in the game. So you've been in Siloam Springs your entire life. My entire life, except one, one semester I went to Baylor, my first semester, and was, was down there. And then I'm coming back and going to John Brown University because my dad had got a job there and I could go to school for free. And mm. so that was a great deal. Wow, I love <clears> that. We're talking today with James Barnett, 
the president of Dayspring, online, dayspring.com. We're talking about his brand new book, Blue Skies. You got to get a copy of this. Dayspring.com, great place for you to get a copy of it. And we've got lots more with James Barnett coming right up. You listen to I Work For Him. We'll be right back. You know the kind of person that always tells you about the latest trends or the special deals around town? Well, lean in because here's a message from that kind of person. The Awaken Podcast Network is the place to be. Go to awakenpodcastnetwork.com and unlock God's purpose for your work with help from some friends. You will find a gathering place of podcasts that provide simple tools, faith stories, and conversations that will inspire and equip you to vibrantly live out your faith in your work today. Go ahead, check out awakenpodcastnetwork.com and then be that kind of person and tell a friend. Hey, welcome back to I Work For Him as we're on location today at Dayspring, Martha, right here in Siloam Springs, Arkansas, with the president of Dayspring, James Barnett. He's written a brand new book, Blue Skies, How to Live It in Extraordinary Expectations of What's Around the Corner. And we'll talk about what Blue Skies is all about, probably on the final podcast about as our time closes with James Barnett next week. James, you, um, you learned about leadership from your mom and dad. How did your dad ignite the spark to lead? Well, you know, we didn't do a lot of traveling. Uh, when I was a kid, we were, again, small town, Arkansas, but there was a trip we took when I was four years old and when I was 11 years old. And those trips just opened me for adventure. We were gone three weeks on those trips, big family car, you know, piling eight or nine kids and, and people in the car, and so it was quite a, quite a trip. But, Jeff, you said it was a big Buick, big so were Buick. any of them in the trunk? The no, kids no trunk? we were in the back window and the floor, and you know, those, were the, those were the days when you could sit four across the front and five across the back and be comfortable. Oh, it was a big old car, and, and so that was really a big deal. But my, my dad you know, and my mom both were just, they believed in people, they supported people, uh, and, and dad always you know, told us we could do anything we wanted to do, and he was always cheering us on. My older brothers and, and myself, well, we're all pretty good athletes, and so we were engaged in sports, and my sisters were involved in things, and so Dad was always encouraging us to step out and lead and to live out, you know, live out our faith and our work and our life. Uh, it was just all integrated together. So as I grew up, I, I had that as an example, and it was always an encouragement to me. And, and then it got, you know, God always you know, wires us with certain DNA and certain personalities, and so but we were all, while we were different as kids, we all really believed that we could do something even beyond, you know, where we were. You, on your first road trip, you just really described the awe of being on a road trip in a motel pool for the very first time. <laughs> right. But in the second road trip, some of your, a lot of your siblings were grown and gone. Yes. And so your dad gave you a very special privilege on that trip. He did. He, he really, I, I was, I loved maps and I loved being, you know, able to mm-hmm. help guide and be the navigator. And so dad started letting me sit up front and, and be his navigator and making sure and telling him where to go and what roads. And again, we didn't have GPS and cell phones and all those things. We had those paper maps and we'd have them out. And you know, every once in a while we'd miss a turn, you know, and we did that. My dad was never upset about that. He'd say, hey, we'll circle back. We'll get back to that. So he really gave me the opportunity to learn and to succeed and to fail and then encourage me to stay in the game with him and to not give up. And he was always, uh, where I got that spirit of adventure from was my dad. He was always excited about the next thing. Well, we're going to the next city and we're going to the next you know, national park, the next thing we were going to go do. 
he was always excited and trying to get us excited. And he was always competing with us. If we were on a hike, he'd want to, he'd want to race. If we were picking blackberries, he'd want to, he'd give us each a quart and he'd take a gallon and he'd say, I can beat you. I can beat you to fill this thing up. And so we were raised with that competitive and fun. Everything was a, was a big game. He loved having fun. Mm. You know, I love hearing that. I want to just interject right here because I think that the listeners might be curious why we're talking about road trips. So can you make the connection with what the, how that plays into the book that you've just written, Blue Skies? Yes. Well, I, the, the Blue Skies is really the story of, of how to get perspective, how to really, how do you see God at work? God is always working, but you have to look again. You, you don't always get that right perspective. And what I did in this book is tried to really paint the picture of looking, seeing God at work all the time and through the national park trips that we took as a family. So when I was just after 30 years old, I decided to take trips to all the national parks. Just save that because I don't want to cover okay. it. I want to cover all your trips, but that's where it came from. That's, yes. This is all about your yes. trips, which is what I wanted. Like your road trip at 11, it was not a small road trip that right. your dad gave you the map for. Where did you go from well, Arkansas to where? We went. We covered the East Coast. Basically, went across to Tennessee. We spent a three weeks. Tennessee, did, you know, is not on the East Coast. I know from Arkansas, that's ten, a long way. Ten, ten, Tennessee, heading east. Okay, yeah, okay, heading okay. east, heading east, east, Tennessee, <laughs> and we went all the way to Washington D.C. And then we went up to New York City, up to Boston, and then up into New Hampshire and Vermont. My brother had uh, worked at a. Well, I called it a rich kids camp uh, because that was it was one East East Coast. Uh, camp there with about these six weeks they would stay at these camps mm. these kids and my brother worked at that uh, he was getting his degree in parks and recreation and so he had an assignment there to uh, to go to that camp and so we picked him up and then we came back across new york to, to niagara falls uh back by uh, springfield illinois where lincoln uh where lincoln was born and then we mm-hmm. came into uh st louis or the arch and then came back home so that was a three-week trip and it was it was a just an exciting trip as an 11 year old experiencing you know things that I'd never seen and it gave me a yeah. real spirit for adventure yeah and you're talking a five or six thousand mile trip wow pulling a camper pulling that pulling a, pulling a, <laughs> oh, a camper a non-air-conditioned 600 hundred dollar camper that we would stay in most nights I think we stayed three hotels during that trip mm. just because we were so worn out <laughs> we needed a couple of nights in a hotel Oh, that's so great. Well, that gives us some great perspective for, you know, the foundation of all of this. So I want to talk about your career and the fact that you were very driven even in your early days at Dayspring. But then you met Bob Buford, the amazing man who wrote the book Halftime. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he spoke, you spoke about that often, but you mentioned that you, your paths crossed and that really had an impact on you. What about, tell us about that intersection and how it changed things in your life. Well, I was, in, I was in a hurry to grow up. I remember, you know, just I was in a hurry to get my schooling. And, and even one reason I didn't go ahead and play college football is I wanted to hurt. I didn't think I was going to play on Sundays. So I thought I'm going to go ahead and just get mm-hmm. my education. And then I met a wonderful girl and I went ahead and got married. And then we, I wanted to get, finish that and I wanted to get a job and I wanted to have kids and I wanted to get my house. And, and I thought that was, you know, the normal path for a person that was driven and I was a believer. I loved the Lord. I prayed. And most of my life, even through my teens and 20s, was much more about me, my prayer life on asking God to help me. Mm. God, how do you, you know, I've got all this list of things, Lord, I'm trying to accomplish for you, Lord. And how do I do that more effectively? And, and so when I, when I would pray and God would answer that prayer, I'd be, yay, Lord. And when maybe he didn't answer that prayer, I'd be disappointed. 
And when I was 30 years old, I was invited to a conference. And it was, I didn't know at the time it was put on by Bob Buford. Bob had lost his son the previous year uh, in a uh, drowning accident down the Rio Grande. And that, that following year, Bob had asked many of his friends to, in, to invite the youngest, busiest Christian people he, they knew to, mm-hmm. to come to a conference in Dallas, Texas. So we came to that conference, about 400 of us sit in that room, and Bob Buford gets up. And that's where I first met him, was this, week, this weekend at this conference. And he gets up and he basically says, are you driven or are you called? And he goes, this weekend is about helping you identify, you know, what is really important in your life. Because you guys are successful and you're believers, but you're, are you really running for the right things and working for the right things? And I had to leave that conference and say, you know what, I was driven. Uh, I didn't really understand calling. I just, I was, I love the Lord and wanted to do that things. But that, that was a pivot point for me over the coming years as I began to say, you know, I asked that question, what is a calling? And that's what really made, made me pivot to say, I've got to spend energy and effort really understanding this calling of God. But it also impacted your marriage and your kids, too. It didn't did. It? it sure did. Well, it did. And it really, it, it forced me to really say, okay, what does it really mean to slow down and to step back and say, is, is it all about activity? You know, we're, 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 we're called human beings, not human doings. And, and the issue of activity, I was, I'm still highly driven to achieve and to do those things, but I think they're a little bit better in perspective than they used to be. But that, that really encouraged me to slow down and say, I wanted to get out and see, you know, the country again. And, and you know, you can't experience uh, things by just sitting at home and you have to get out and see the adventure of what God is up to. And so I I sort of set out that over the coming years, over the next 12 years, to say we want to get to as many national parks as we can. And we took two weeks every summer. And my my brother-in-law, my sister, and and their two kids, we did this uh, for over 12 years. And we're continuing to do it today, actually. Wow. And that's what we're going to hear a lot more about in the next segment. We're talking to James Barnett, president of Dayspring Online, dayspring.com, about his brand new book, Blue Skies. We'll be right back with more on I Work For Him. Want to build a profitable side hustle that impacts people with truth and healing in themselves and in their leadership? Then look at becoming a certified leadership coach with Giant. Giant has been in the leadership space for over 13 years and has over 500 coaches in over 127 countries. Their coaches are being hired by Fortune 500 companies and organizations like I Work For Him. Martha and I took the Giant Sherpa training under one of these great coaches to become leaders worth following. Giant gives you everything you need to start your own coaching business from scratch, like hands-on training from top-level coaches, access to an all-in-one online platform to run your entire coaching business, and you get to join a thriving community of coaches around the world. To get started, Giant is hosting a coaching business workshop to help you learn how to build a successful coaching business. This workshop is 100% free, and you can reserve your spot by going to giant.tv forward slash iworkforhim. If you're ready to impact people and get paid to do it, go to giant.tv forward slash I work for him. That's giant.tv forward slash I work for him. Hey, welcome back to I work for him. Today we're talking, Martha, with James Barnett, president of Dayspring. You love Dayspring. I do. I am. I'm a big fan. I can be a big cheerleader for you guys. And I think that a lot of people may not even realize all that Dayspring has to offer. So I just want to encourage our listeners, go to dayspring.com and check it out for yourself. Become a regular, get the emails, 
You can shop for all of the things that you love and that are meaningful um, in gift giving and in your own life. And, um, you know, it's we just are thrilled mm. that we can be here on location with you, James, and just well, highlight a little bit of what Dayspring has to offer. And I want to do a little plug because Anna, she works for a podcast coming up. Martha does an interview with the person in charge of their Mary and Martha line. Mm. And Martha's got a sister named Mary. These two love this line, the Mary and Martha <laughs> line. I just want to put it dayspring.com. You can find out about Mary and Martha there. All right, James, you grew up with a passion to explore. When you and Marilyn had children, Nick, Abby, and Jordan, you decided to continue the Barnett passion for exploration and you continue to take it to the next generation. How did you decide where to take them on a trip? Well, we looked at the country and we said, you know, we're going to get out to the national parks. And we picked the West first because you're, it's wide open and it's a way we can get out and about. And we wanted to see the mountains and the oceans uh, and the, the uh, chasms of the Grand Canyon and, and, you know, with the things at Zion National Park and those kind of things. And so that really drove us to say, let's start planning these two-week trips. We would rent a, we'd rent a van, a 15-passenger van, and we would... Oh, so no more big Buick. No more Buick. That's right. We couldn't have the big Buick. So we had a 15-passenger van, and so there were nine of us on these first five or six trips. Mm. Uh, and then you, you know, as you read my book, you'll find out that group began to get bigger and bigger. And there was a couple of times we had 22, 23, 24 people because wow. family members and other people would come along on these trips with us. And, and uh, it was a lot of fun. So we just began to do that. Uh, you know, every, every summer for two weeks, we would go. Right. You know, I just want to interject here. I know of several families right now that are doing national park tours. And I love this resurgence of interest in taking road trips with families. So I think, you know, God's timing is divine. Yeah. And I'm so excited that this might be something that they can kind of relate to as they learn more from your stories. Well, you know, one thing I, as I thought back when I was 30 and I was, I was thinking back in my own childhood, I thought, what impacted me? And what did I remember? You mm-hmm. know, I, I call most of life is lived in the meantime mm-hmm. is, you know, and, but it was that events when I was four, some things when I was seven, some things when I was 11 in the years in between, I didn't remember, but I remembered those trips vividly. And I thought, if I can have that impact on my kids and that they can remember those vivid trips, and, and that if you interviewed them, they would tell you yeah. those were the markers that they look back on and those were the experiences. And they weren't always easy experiences because we were, you know, traveling. I, 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 I traveling. Big with I, nine I, I, people. That's right. <laughs> I, was, I was telling, you know, told many people that, you know, when you, it's not always that exciting. You, you pile in a van, you drive for 12 or 14 hours, you, you know, park, you, you know, you're trying to get some some food, you're trying to get going, you spend four, five, six miles hiking up a, a, a mountain, and you get to the top of the mountain, and you go, wow, you know, take it in, take it in. And I'd be at, with my kids, look at this, this is unbelievable, look at this. And then 20 minutes later, you're hiking back mm-hmm. down, you're getting in that van, you're driving the next three hours, and you're going from place to place. But those, those mile markers, or those, those wow moments, I call them, you know, help you see God at work. And, the, and that's what really encouraged me as I begin to take these trips every year, I just begin to think, wow, God, you're, first of all, you, nothing is the same. You know, you, you look at the Grand Canyon and you see one thing. You look at, you know, Zion National Park in the mountain and Angels Landing and the Narrows and you go to, you know, Yellowstone and Yosemite and the Tetons and the glaciers and Mount Rainier and you, you look at, and there's nothing the same. And and I, would, I remember look, looking again and saying, God, you're the most awesome God. You're amazing. You're, you're, you're always you know, endless. He's endless in new things. 
And, and we did the East Coast. We covered a lot of the East Coast, Florida, all around, uh, north, south, east, and west. Did a lot of Canada, a lot of the different areas around. But, but it was really this, this heart to see more. The more I saw, the more I wanted to see. Well, let's talk about some of what you saw. I want to walk through some of your experiences that really mm-hmm. impacted you and then your leadership here at Dayspring because mm-hmm. of what you learned. Let's just start off, and we're going to run out of time on this yeah. podcast, but <laughs> you'll agree to stand for the, to do a two-part podcast, won't you? Sure, I'll okay, be glad right, to. Okay, so Wall Drug, and anybody listening to this podcast that's done any driving anywhere in the country knows about Wall yeah. Drug. It's in Wall, South Dakota, which is really not an impressive little community. No. But it intersected one of your early trips west with your family. It wasn't on the agenda, but the billboards for hundreds of miles, which yes, literally, were. if you start off in New York City, <laughs> you can, and you get on I-90, actually, it's out of Boston, you take I-90, you start seeing signs for wall drug 1,500 miles away. Building the curiosity, <laughs> right. aren't it, they? So it made yeah. it a mandatory stop. But this stop transformed how you did trips. How did, what did you see happen with your family and you as you were standing inside Wall Drug and watching your kids, and then how did what you learned at Wall Drug, how did that translate mm-hmm. into impacting your leadership yeah. here at Dayspring? Well, again, being a driven person and, and wanting to achieve, we had an agenda, right? We had this two weeks planned, you know, down to Martha the, knows nothing yeah. about that. I, I was that. just going to yeah. say, I, I've never heard of anything like <laughs> this before. Anything, <laughs> that's right. And had everything laid out, planned, and every day, and, and you know, when we saw all these signs driving across South Dakota, we said, well, we've really just got to stop there, you know, and we've got to, we're going to go to the Badlands first and we got to get in, you know, got into Mount Rushmore. We got a lot to cover. And so we, when we stayed, you know, near there, and so we ended up going. And I remember this, of course, this was many years ago, but they, they ended up purchasing most of the downtown area. So you went from building to building to building and, and continued to go. But I remember seeing the excitement in my kids and my, my, nephew and uh, my nieces uh, that were there with us, and just their excitement. And I was finally three days into the trip, and I was starting to slow down a little bit <laughs> and, and, and get perspective. And I remember just it hit me about, you know, I'm trying to practice this thing of not only what is you know, God's call, but to slow down and be able to see God at work, to be that scripture, be still and know that I am God, just to be still. And I began to see things a little differently. I began to see the excitement in their eyes and and having the fun they were having and picking things up they'd never seen. And there's that first time when you see someone experience something. And we were seeing these firsts that were happening over and over. And I remember just thinking, Lord, help me to slow down because, Lord, you're at work all the time. You're doing things all the time. And, and it was just one of those moments that I remember thinking, wow, being still. And that's true in business. That's true here at Dayspring is we're rushing along. Things are changing constantly. And yet we've got to slow down. We've got to look for where God is working and join him. And that really has helped me have that perspective. And that right. wall drug experience was just one of those aha moments that I remember just seeing that and thinking, wow, I just need to pause. Interruptions happen. And you've got to really stop and, and seize those moments and make sure we don't uh, forget, lose those. And, and for you, it was an agenda item. For your kids, it was a place of wonder. Yes. And that's, place of wonder. And, and not only the free water. Yes, free, free water. water. They water advertise water. that all through the <laughs> 1,500 and, uh, 50, miles across miles. the country. James, we're out of time for today's podcast, but you've agreed to stay on. We're talking with James Barnett, who wrote this great book, Blue Skies. It's really the story of his adventures with his family across the country, experiencing national parks, but also about how those experiences transformed 
his life and his leadership here at Dayspring Online, dayspring.com. We'll be back with more next week on the podcast with James Barnett. Thank you, James, for being here today. It's been wonderful. Thank you. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I work work for for him. him. Did you know that God has a calling on your life? It's true. He's called you to bring Jesus to the world. For some, that may look like a pulpit or a foreign mission field. But for most of us, it looks like a construction site, a cubicle, a hospital, or a classroom. Wherever it is that you work, live, volunteer, and invest, that is your mission field. To learn more about integrating your faith into your work and retirement, check out our books, I Work For Him, She Works For Him, and I Retire For Him by going to iworkforhim.com slash bookstore. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online, iworkforhim.com. I work the number four, him.com.